to Bourbon Barrel Talk. I'm your host, Scott Minton. Today, I'm sitting down with my homeboy, OFO fanboy, Josh. What's up, brother? What's up, man? Oh, not too much, not too much, man. If I was any better, I'd be twins, because one person can't have this much fun. Or this much bourbon. Oh, we can always have more bourbon. (laughs) It's debatable. So, hey, brothers, today we are sitting down. We've got a couple of different uh, single barrels that have been recently released, so we thought we'd do a little tasting of them today. Um, You want to tell us what we're doing? Yeah, sure. So, uh, I don't know, month, two months ago at this point, I decided to join the Starlight Barrel Society. And with that, their inaugural bottle that I got to purchase was the George Dickel Sour Mash Whiskey Single Barrel, handcrafted in small batches, 51.5% alcohol by volume, distilled in Cascade Hollow. I don't know if that's unique to this bottle or if they have multiple uh, warehouse locations. From Tullahoma, Tennessee, bottle number 127. So I don't know about that piece, but I, the, so every, everything that I received from Dickel always says Tullahoma, Tennessee. So I don't know about this whole Cascade thing you're talking about. This one was barrel number 10C24-120 with a barrel date of March the 24th, 2010. Wow. Okay. And so we got us a nine-year-old Dickel. It says aged nine years, but I don't know if the aged nine years is their standard tag. Right. It's like it's a small batch nine-year because I don't drink very much Tennessee whiskey. Right. Um, well, yeah, because Knob Creek, you know, their nine-year can actually be a little bit more than nine years. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know if that's just their standard. I don't know enough about it. So no. if it was from 2010, it's 2011. That means it's technically almost 11 years old. It's at least 10 years old. Yep. So sweet. There we go. It's got a real um, interesting smell to it, but we'll get into that in a minute. After that, we are going to pour, you know, fanboy's favorite, Old Forester. I'm not going to say this bottle is my favorite, but fanboy's favorite, Old Foe. We're going to do a single barrel, 100 proof uh, master taster selection coffee cherry, which at the time of recording was released about two weeks ago through curbside. Maybe okay. a little over two weeks ago on curbside, but I picked it up and then cracked it open that night. Yep. And then I uh, I picked up one, luckily, because they actually had a few sitting in the gift shop, I guess, about a week later. Oh, yeah. I might have called you and said, hey, Scott, go pick up a single barrel that's at the gift shop. You may have done that. Hmm. Or someone else may have. I don't know. It was probably you. Okay. So, um, we're going to try the Dickel first. George Dickel Sour Mash Whiskey, uh, 103 proof. So think? right off the bat, I'm looking at this thing. The color on it is super, super light. So I'm going to say this is definitely your traditional dickel, like that high corn, you know, typical, you know, 95%, whatever. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. It could be 75, 80%, but it's definitely high corn. I can tell that by the, the sweetness that it smells like too. So I don't know what the typical George Dickel mash bill is. Do they do a variety of mash bills? They do do a few different mash bills. They do do? They do do. Okay. They do do the voodoo that you do so well. You might as well make me want to shoop. Is that what how that song shoop. goes? I don't know what that is, man. Come on. Shoop, shoop, a doop. But yeah, so I mean, I think they have, I don't know, a handful of mash bills. But I, I, I think they have like what they consider like their whiskey whiskey, which would be like ninety five five. And then I think they do have a couple of different varieties on the bourbon side. But I, to be completely honest, I can't remember. So you'd have to Google that stuff. That's what that magical computer in your hands for. I was looking, but the quick Google doesn't give me the answer I want. So I need to find something where it's real simple. Let's see. Nope, nope, nope. I guess I should have looked at this beforehand. So why don't you you go ahead and tell me what you think about it? So on the nose right off the bat, like I said, it smells very, 
like high corn. Um, I'm getting some, a little bit of caramel, maybe butterscotch. Okay. So the typical George Dickel is 84% corn, 8% rye, and 8% barley. Now, I'm taking this off the old interweb here, so I have not confirmed nor denied that that is what correct or false, but the old interweb tells me it's 84% corn, which as you said, high corn, 8% rye, and 8% barley as you chug a chug a chug a chug a What do you think? First flush. First swish? Flush sounds like a I mean, toilet. It's pretty damn smooth. Um, typical corn. Um, getting some caramel and some vanilla. It's got a little bit of heat, almost like a red hot, like a like almost like a shimp's red hot. So the other day I tried my first, at least I think it was my first 99% corn whiskey. We had tried the corn trooper and I didn't that was a blend of a bunch of corn whiskeys. Yeah, but I think they were all ninety five fives. Okay. So I tried my first ever 99% corn whiskey or bourbon, corn bourbon, because I think it was the 1% was barley. Yeah. So technically it's bourbon. I really liked it. It was good. That's okay. You know, listen. We'll talk about it on a later date. I always tell people everybody's palate's different. I may enjoy something that you don't enjoy, and you may enjoy something that I don't enjoy. So just as I've said before, I am the high corn fanboy. You definitely do like high corn. So this one's got an interesting smell to it. And when I first poured it, I was like, yeah, I don't know that I like that the nose on that. But uh, you give it a little bit of time. Have you dropped any water in yours? Not yet. I might drink a little bit and then go back to it and then add a little water at that point. But I do. I get like cinnamon, caramel. Um, and it's the cinnamon could also be almost like pepper, but it, it, it's more of a sweet peppery than what it would be like a spicy peppery. So that's the reason I'm saying cinnamon. So that is a very distinct flavor. I don't know that I've ever had Dickel, or if I have, the last time I did was... 144 proof that we brought to you. Oh, man. That That was was Dickel. That was Dickel, okay. (laughs) Well, the last time I had something that you would normally find on a shelf was probably about 18 years ago. I want to say I had some when I was in college, but it wasn't something. I had a friend that liked Dickel, so he, he brought it somewhere, and I tried it one day. But this is very distinct. I can't say that I dislike it, and I'm not committed yet to say that it's. I'm a fan, but as you know, I'm not a big fan of the wheat whiskeys, and there's apparently no wheat in this whiskey, so it's not bad. So the second taste, you know, it develops a little bit more. You get a little bit more of the rye spice. Is that because you just cleansed your palate with whiskey? Well, yeah, I th- you know, you always have that initial shock, right? I have not had anything to drink, and the first sip I take is poof, like it's just heat, right? I can't say that because before you got here, I had some 90-proof Old Foe single barrel. So that's the point, right? So I have a different first maybe impression than you did. So the second sip for me, I still get some of that caramel. I still get a little bit of vanilla. I still get a little bit of that cinnamon or red-hot type flavor. But I'm also getting... Like cinnamon whiskey, like Fireball? No, like as... I, it's the heat factor, right? Like to me, pepper is spicy. Like it's got like like to me, this doesn't taste spicy. Like it's only eight percent rye. I don't I don't get like what you would typically get from a rye bourbon, right? I don't get that peppery note, things like that. So it's a heat to it. So I, I when I think of you know bourbon, I come up with either pepper or cinnamon. Like those are the two flavors that you get. To me, I get more of a cinnamon off this than I do a pepper because it's not spicy. It's more get, of a sweet. I could get a cinnamon um, longer finish in it, a cinnamon finish. I don't get a lot up front, but like you said, I may get more of um, the caramel up front. It's a enjoyable flavor. Yeah. I'm interested to see, as you know, how this 
how this how this bottle opens up after it's been cracked open for a few weeks. I tend to come back to bottles and enjoy them a little more after they've sat open. So don't want to drop or two in here. We're gonna see what it does, but well, we you just never know. I mean, but you, listen, you can't taste bourbon if you don't taste it with a little water, because then you gotta know what it tastes like. I mean, I could taste bourbon whether I put some water in it or not. But you can't do a proper tasting, I don't think, unless you. Oh, well, thank you for the clarification. <clears throat> Tell, taste it. Tell me what you think. I'm, this one has a, so I've got it sitting right here next to the Old Foe 100 Proof. And the color variation is definitely different between these two. I don't know if it's the mash bill that makes that different or the time in a barrel. Because the Old Foe, as you know, most of those end up somewhere between four and six years. And this one says it's at least nine years. Wow. Much better. Oh, yeah? Yeah, much better. It just, it, it, A, it, it smooths off that heat at the very, very back end. And then you pick up just a little bit more of those caramel and those vanilla notes. The spice from the cinnamon is diluted, but man, it gives you that really, really nice, smooth finish on the backside. So it's got a really nice, long, smooth finish instead of that bite that was there before. So as you know, I've only been on one single barrel pick where we picked two barrels. Um, on some of the single barrel picks you've been on, have you guys actually you know used water to to try it with water versus just trying it neat absolutely um the main reason why is because you want to figure it well so if you're picking one at barrel strength no you don't add water to it but if you're doing something like in the situation where we did the knob creek one or the woodford reserve one we did both those are being watered down so you want to give it a better idea of what it's going to taste like when it's a finished product does that make sense yeah you're right and i just dropped uh, i call it two or three little drops in this, but it really brings out the sweet flavor of that corn. It's a very enjoyable uh, change. But yeah. Not that neat was bad. They're no. both very good. No, I, I just think uh, with just a couple, I, I bet with this on a warm summer day with a little bit of ice cube and just kind of let it roll, I bet this ice would Ice cube, like the wrapper? Sure, absolutely. That. And you a, think he would come drink with whiskey with me? You know, we can we can always invite him, see if he wants to come on the show. Would you hit him up on the tweeter? I will. I don't know what his tweeter is, but we'll, we'll look for it and we'll find it and we'll, we'll, we'll hit him up. Be like, hey, do you like bourbon? Do you want to come on their podcast? Talk with us. I'm going to task you with that because I would love to drink whiskey with Ice Cube. I've been trying to hit up Russ Diculousness. You know, Russ Smith. Russ Smith, that right. Russ Diculous, right? Yeah, he's going to have his own uh, bourbon brand coming out soon. I'm fairly certain it's a sourced bourbon, but I'm interested. So I've been trying to hit him up on the tweeter. You so, got to follow him first, Scott. I do follow him. I do follow Russ. A Hoosier fan can follow so, a Cardinal. So this is this is the funny thing. I follow two cats and two cards. Is that like your limit? No, nah, just they're they're the players that I I really really respect. Right. So I really respect Gorgie. Okay. And I really respected Russ. Like they're two two of my favorite cards of all time. No, Luke Hancock. Luke's an alright dude. I mean, just MVP no, dude, not just alright. He's the MVP for the the game that never happened. I, I get it. I understand that. Or know. was it MOP? I don't know. Most outstanding or most – I don't remember. And I, I, I even know, you know, Van Treese's, you know, wife. That and dude was tall. He was tall. Tall, real lanky, you know, but, you know, good basketball player. You know, had great skills. I always wanted to compare him to that dude from Notre Dame. I want to say it was Luke Herringote. Dude was a beast at oh, Notre Dame. Yeah. I don't know if you remember watching him. I do back. vaguely remember him, yeah. I got some some vague memories from the, Mid-20s. End, the end of Freedom Hall. Yeah. 
which was like 2010 2011. or 11. I yeah. said 11. Plus or minus. Damn, come on. Give me a break. I remember sitting at the back, the second to last row of Freedom Hall and, you know, something about Heron Goaty just knocking down threes left and right, making me cringe. Yep. Yep. So Gorgie, I digress. Gorgie, Russ, and then I follow Jamal Mashburn. Whoa, way back. And Rex Chapman. Way back. Both of them are way back. But you are kind of old. I am kind of old. But to me, those dudes, like, if you don't have respect for Jamal Mashburn and his basketball skills, you don't like basketball. What's he done post basketball? Anything? You know, I don't, not really much of anything. I mean, he's done a little coaching, some different things like that. I mean, but. And he was one of Patino's guys. I think he has an investment company, too. Um, Yeah, he was a Patino guy. Okay. Yep. But we got off whiskey. Let's go back. So I don't like to talk about UK. That's okay. It's all good. But Gorgie, Russ, yeah. Rex, all good. Jamal. So good deal. All right. So the Dickel, uh, positive. I'll definitely be excited to go back to it once uh, the bottle opens up for a couple of weeks, which is typical Josh fashion. Right. So this Oak Forester, I'm, I'm, I'm sniffing. Is, is that what you're sniffing? Damn, I didn't finish I'm, the last I'm, I'm completely nosed up on this thing. And man, it, it fits the name, Coffee Cherry. Like I'm getting like some like really, really nice, ripe, like bean cherries. So I was really excited about this bottle once I saw cherry in it. You the cherry picker. Because I really want to get another 90 proof MTS cherry picker that was one of the last two or three bottles released uh, pre-COVID shutdown of the distillery. Yeah, we were talking about that actually when I picked up that bottle. We were talking about how Honey Orchard and Cherry Picker were pretty much the the last two that you know were released out of the gift shop up there. So, no, I, I fondly remember the Cherry Picker. I literally maybe only have four ounces left in the bottom of my bottle. That's more than I had. So, uh, I finished it. So that being said, I'm I'm kind of letting it just kind of sit there and savor the moment with it. So, well, you know, man, um, I always want to savor those bottles uh, just because I've enjoyed them so much. However, I always tell myself, you know what, Josh, there's going to be another bottle of whiskey that you're going to like, and so I finish it. So the nose on this thing is fantastic. It's, right. it's not quite honey orchard smell, but. I mean, I get the cherry. I get a little bit of, and I don't know that I would necessarily call it coffee as much as I would like mocha, like chocolate coffee. Like I get a little bit of like like dark chocolate mixed with coffee. Like that's what I kind of get off this on the nose. So the first, this bottle has been open since the night I bought it. Because like me, typically I'm a tater and I'll open the bottle. As, well, I'm not really a tater because I open the bottle. You're not a tater. It. You open it and you drink it. Taters flip it. That's right. I <laughs> or didn't. they just let it look at it. And, oh, it's so pretty on my shelf. I was tater enough that I had to go get it, but I opened it the day I got it and I opened it and initially I was really disappointed in it. And it was just, I'm not sure if I'm disappointed in it because I love the 90 proof so much and the 90 proof to me is the sweet spot for Old Forester. And I'm I'm still, I'm still just crying a little bit that they got rid of the 90 and they've moved on to the 100. So I tasted this bad boy. I'm getting the cherry for sure. I get a little bit of like, I'm going to go with like maple syrup, like maple syrup. Like if you took a cherry and, and you made a cherry pie with maple syrup, that's what I'm getting. Cause I get a little bit of like dough or burnt crust. Burnt crust. Man, you're getting really specific. Are you making this crap up? I, well, I mean, so listen, I'm, I'm, 
and maybe that's where the coffee's coming from, but it's almost like a, 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 a deeper char. Like I get like a little bit more of the char flavor from it. So I'm, I'm saying that, that to me because I get a little bit of butteriness. Like I'm like, maybe it's like burnt crust. I wish we had the snoff's nose here so he could really tell us what it is. But my, my nose, my sniffer is not good enough to pick out a lot of that. And I always feel like, oh man, I should have known that. And I pick up some, some fruity notes to it. If I didn't know that the name on it was coffee cherry, I would never call it cherry. Um, but so I started out saying when I opened this a week and a half, two weeks ago, whenever it was, I was a little disappointed. And then I let it sit for a few days. I came back. Now the bottle is down to the uh, the top of the label. It's uh, it's growing on me. It's not quite 90 proof cherry picker growing on me yet, but it's growing on me. So what I will say about this one, though, is it's it's got a harsh finish. That's the coffee, bro. And I don't know what that is. And you might be the coffee, you know, whatever. It's just to me, it's got in the very, very back of your throat when you swallow it. It's got a little bit of burn that kind of, what's that little flappy thing that in the top of the back of your throat? Tonsils? No, no, no. The little adenoids? The little thing that flips back and forth that's supposed to keep you from choking or whatever. Dude, it's like the I'm an engineer, not a or whatever. I don't know what the hell it's called. But anyway, that little flappy thing that's in the back of your throat that kind of hangs around in there, it burns. Burns when you drink it. It didn't make me need to take a glass of water. I don't know. It's um, it's a, it's growing on me as opposed to the week and a half ago or so when I opened it. Well, I'm taking it to 90 proof right now. You're taking it to 90? You didn't put that much water. I did. I mean, there's not that much bourbon in there, so <clears throat> a couple of drops will get you a far away. And then you're probably going to have to add three or four drops in yours, but... I'm dropping, dropping, dropping. COVID safe finger drop there. It's your COVID, right? Yeah, hey, I'm, I'm vaccinated. It's all good. I got I got my first vaccine today. That's pretty exciting. Go Scott. Go Scott. Indiana has really rocked out the vaccine. It feels like they've rocked out the vaccine release. Yeah, I feel, I swear, man, like I, I think I heard somebody in in Kentucky, which is just literally right across the river. I mean, they're still like vaccine, vaccinating people like 60 and above, and we're in our 40s. So it's all about statistics, and 67% of all statistics are made up on the spot. However, I was watching the news tonight. You just made that statistic up. I might have. <laughs> um, I was watching the news tonight, and you know we're here in the Louisville market, and I'm watching the Louisville uh, news, and they were talking about how Kentucky is exceeding Indiana in vaccine rollout by percentage, and it has to be that there are fewer people in Kentucky than there are population-wise in Indiana. There may be more old people in Kentucky, too. It, it could be, but Kentucky had exceeded um, a percentage of population vaccination, but Indiana by age is already down to a much younger age group. So I don't know. It's all BS statistics. All right, you dropped some water in it. You bottoms upped it. What do you think? Totally different. All right, let me ask this. So you bought a bottle. Are you going to keep it or are you going to tater it? Um, I'm going to probably keep it, but I'm going to water it down. I'm going to add ice to it. What? Yeah. You can do that? I can. I don't typically do it. Barrel strength Scott's going to add ice? It, it, listen, like I said, it's got a weird burn in the back on the on the, on the the neat side. Burn, baby, burn. But Disco this neat, inferno. totally different flavor. Oh, yeah. Which way you liked it with ice? So, yeah. But now I will say I lose the coffee completely. Like it lost it off the nose. I never saw it. Yeah, like I said, it was it. to or, me. It was more like a, like a mocha, like a chocolate mixed with coffee. I feel like such a, a tool that I can never pick up the flavors and tastes, but I know that I like Old Vow. So the the, the smell is definitely um, 
not much different when you when you add the water, but the flavor. I mean, wow, it really opens it up. I mean, it gives it gives you more of that, like I said, like that pie crust, like a little bit of like a little bit more cherry. I'm also now starting to pick up like some like tobacco. This thing just tickled the tip of my tongue here. And that was really, I didn't remember that the first couple of drinks I've had tonight, but this with a little bit of water just tickled the tip of that tongue. You get that kind of pop yep. on it. Interesting. Yep. So it's to me much better, but both of them were actually much better with a little bit of water, which I don't typically prefer my bourbon with water. But in this situation, I think both of these would be great pours with a glass of ice. I mean, with a, with a big chunk, big block of ice or a big chunk of ice in there, maybe a couple of ice cubes, however you like it. I, I like blocks, you know me, but I think these are both winners in that situation. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of chicken, let's get some chicken. I love chicken. Chicken's good. Fried chicken, grilled chicken, <laughs> roasted chicken, chicken on the bone, chicken off the bone. I don't really care. I'll I eat hear, all kinds of chicken. I hear you. All right, so if you were picking a favorite of the two, would you have a favorite to pick, or are they very similar in comparison? Honestly, I probably in this situation would go with the dickle. And the main reason why is because it's just with that water, man, it just totally opened it up, gave it a little bit more smoothness, gave it, you know, a, a little bit more flavor characteristics. The old Forester was right behind it. I mean, but I would give a slight edge to the Dickel in this situation. So I'm not sold on the old foe yet, the 100. Um, the Dickel was good. I don't know that I'd pick either of them as a daily drinker yet, but I am interested to see how they open up with a little bit more time oxidizing is that what you call it in the yeah, oxidation yep so i'm interested but neither was bad neither were amazing no neither neither of them was i like wow but you know i i found that i've only had probably about five pours in the last four or five months that i was like wow. oh, really because this week i opened up the mts 90 proof honey orchard and i was like whoa see but you opened up a bottle that you know you love right yeah it was like my third bottle i've opened but um, I had some friends over to the house last weekend and I had a buddy here who had not tried honey orchard and he's like, Whoa. So you're welcome. I think that bottle did come from me. Well, I may have another one in there, so I'm not sure if that one was from you or not. Son of a bitch. You, how did you get more than me? I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I think somehow I acquired four of them. I've killed two of them. You dog. Anyway. Well, all right. So synopsis is from Scott. Dickel over Old Forrester, Josh? Both, both were good. I'm not going to pick one or the, over the other on this one. I, I did enjoy the Starlight Barrel Society pick, and I'm excited to be a part of that group and to get to try more in a variety of different barrels. But I will say I preferred both of them with a little bit of water. So if you're going to buy either one of these or if you find them, you know, out on secondary or if you get lucky and they put some more out at the gift shop for over at Old Forrester. No, I think they killed them all. That's fine. If they did, great. If they didn't, if you can pick one up, I would recommend going with a little bit of ice in that. So if you want to find us at Bourbon Barrel Talk, you can find us at Bourbon Barrel Talk on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can also email us at bourbonbarreltalk at gmail.com. We've got our website up and running. It's not very good. I'll be honest with you. i got to work on that thing. Um, hopefully, we got a couple of neat things coming up here in the near future that you guys will enjoy. Um, I guess it's Scott and Josh. Old foe fanboy out. Peace.